The following message is by Pastor Eugene Ahn of Emmanuel Community Church. More information about the ministry of Emmanuel Community Church can be found online at www.emmanuelcommunity.org. Father, we are incredibly grateful to you, God, that you're not a God limited just to an age demographic, but you are for every man, woman, and child. And Lord, we lift up to you this morning our seniors, and we ask, Lord, as they begin their freshman year in college, that your hand be upon them. Pray, Lord, that you would meet them in a personal and powerful way, from the mountaintop highs that they're going to have in school to the valley low moments where they wonder, God, where are you? Lord, that you would make yourself evident and present and clear to them. We pray in faith that you would unite them to a community of believers, not just any community, but to a vibrant, Bible-believing, Jesus-preaching community that will encourage their faith and take them deeper in you so that they can fathom how wide and and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and that they can be filled in all fullness. So God, we pray as a church over our college freshmen and we pray in faith that you would do a radical transformational work in their college years, that as they come home, it would be a wonderful family reunion seeing them back in our congregation. God, we lift them to you. We entrust them into your hands. We pray for their families this morning. For some of them, it is their first child going to college. For some of them, it's their last child going to college. And just ask, God, that you would be with the families as well as they walk and journey with their children. But Lord, we come together as an ICC family and say we want to journey together with them beyond college, beyond marriage, beyond family life. Lord, we want to walk with them until you return. And so, God, we give them into your hands and we thank you. We pray all these things in the mighty, wonderful, powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's give it up for our co- college freshmen. You guys are free to go. Thank you. Good morning. So they were talking about trying to find a speaker for today because it's family service. There's a lot of kids. And they found the person that is most childish, or I mean childlike in faith. And they asked if I would be open to it. I said, you know what? I'm open to it. So I'm really grateful. I want to let you know that it's not going to be super formal. If kids start walking on the stage, I may call security. But outside of that, I'm okay with kids talking back to me and talking, well, you know what I mean, and talking and conversing during the sermon. But as you can tell this morning, does anyone know what movie this is, kids? What movie is this? Finding in 2000. Talk a little bit about Finding Nemo. Uh, Believe it or not, parents, this movie was made in 2003. Yeah, it's been 15 years. I'm still young, though. So let me read the scripture for today. Our scripture is going to be coming from 1 John chapter 4, verses 8 through 10. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Can I open us in a word of prayer? Let's fold our hands, close our eyes, kids. Let's pray together. Father, thank You that this message is for everyone. 
This is not just a children's ministry message. But Lord, to every person in this room of the reality of your love, we did not seek it, but you sought us and we're so grateful for it. May you make your truth come alive in our hearts. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, as I said, I'm going to request a little help from the group, right? This movie is Finding Nemo. Does anyone remember the dad's name? Any of the kids? What's the dad's name? It out. So, as Marlon and Nemo are coming together, we're seeing this story unfold. I'm going to skip that first five minutes of the movie, and we're going to move right in. If you remember the movie, it's a little bit tragic. So, we're just going to move on to the, the nice part, where Marlon and Nemo are about to head to school for the first time. And is Marlon scared? Kids, is Marlon scared? Terrified. Right? He says, oh, Nemo can't what? What can't Nemo do? He can't swim very well. You know, you got to be very careful with him. And he's very, very, very concerned. So Nemo gets to meet a bunch of friends, right? And what do they do? They go out to the coral reef with their teacher. And what do they do? They go see a stingray, right? And then they see something off in the distance into the open ocean. Do you remember what it was? A butt. Yes, that's what they called it in the movie. It, that, I heard it's called a butt. Now I've lost all the kids. But it was actually a boat. And so here we see Nemo with all of his friends. And they've gone out. And Marlin finds out, Nemo, why are you going out into the open ocean? There's no way you can do that. And so Marlin is there and really yelling at Nemo in front of all of his friends. Do you remember what Nemo says to his dad? What does he say? He says these fatal words, I hate you. This is a Disney movie. Can you believe it? (laughs) And what does Nemo do in his anger? He says he goes to the butt, I mean the boat. (laughs) And he goes out and he shows everybody, I can do it. I'm a good swimmer. And then what happens next, kids? He gets captured by who? Not by the butt, but it's by a man in scuba gear. And now the adventure begins. And what does Marlon do? He tries to find his son. Parents, can you resonate with that? Would you be like this kind of parent where you're like, not my problem. Bye. He got himself into it. Why am I responsible? No, right? We laugh because that would never be any of our reactions. All of us... We would do whatever it takes to find our child. Amen? Parents, that wasn't very... (laughs) You've had a very rough morning, okay? (laughs) Forgive your children, all right? (laughs) But listen to what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7, verses 9 through 11. Or which one of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is heaven that even though us things to those who ask Him? Amen? Jesus is saying that even though us parents were completely imperfect, who of us, if your son asked for something to eat, you say, oh yeah, here's a scorpion, go for it. <laughs> what? Or, Dad, I'm really hungry. Oh, I found these rocks on the way home from work. You should eat these. Absolutely not. But then we, though we're imperfect, and it says in the Bible, evil know how to give good gifts. How much more 
Will the Father in heaven give good gifts? And so Jesus is beginning to tell us that his love is different. His love is different than what we know for parental love. Now I'm going to teach you a Greek word today. Are you ready to learn some Greek? Yeah, yes. You can go to your teacher tomorrow morning and say this word, storge. Say it again, storge. Now look at your parent or a loved one and look and say, I storge you. What in the world does storge mean? It means the love between a parent and child. And so today, today after service, when you see your parents, say, I storge you. And you can say that back to your child, I storge you. And that's why we resonate with the Nemo story is because it's so to the ends of the earth if we knew we could save our child. Whom of us wouldn't go into shark-infested places if we knew we could rescue our loved one? And that is storge love. That love between family, that love between a parent and child. And it's intrinsic. It's natural. But this is the thing. It's different than God's love. Now, you may have heard of these people, God the Father, God the Son. It's another father and son story. But it's very different than Finding Nemo, children. This one is better, way better. And what we learn about God the Father and God the Son is that they not only have a deep love for one another, they have a deep love for you, for me, for every person in this room, from the youngest child to the baby in a stroller to the oldest person in this room. I'm not asking anyone for their age, but all of us, that God deeply, deeply loves you. And this is how we know that God loved his son, he says this when Jesus gets baptized by John the Baptist. They say that there was an audible voice from God. And he says this, This is my son with whom I am well pleased. Does that sound loving? Yes? Absolutely. If, if your parents said that to you in front of your teacher, this is my child. I story gave them. I love them. Yes, it's a resounding endorsement, but this love that God shows, it's going to surprise you. It surprised me. Because for us, how many of you would be willing to sacrifice your child to save another child? If you would say, you know what, this firstborn is driving me nuts. Yeah, I would gladly sacrifice my firstborn. Go ahead, take him for this other child. I would do it. Don't worry, Josiah, not you. He was getting concerned. Your, safe is, your seat is safe in the minivan. But God does this crazy thing. He takes his one and only son and sacrifices him, gives him up. I don't think any parent in this room would be willing to give up their child for another child, for a stranger, for a person on death row. You wouldn't. Storge love is different than God's love. You see, God's love is another Greek word. Can you say another Greek? Two Greek words in one day. Tell your teachers. Agape. Can you say agape? Agape. 
Agape love is the love of God for man and man for God. You see, storge love is familial, parental, but that love of God is for you, for me, for us, to Him. And we have this absolute pleasure in understanding agape love. Now, I have a very interesting story to share. As I was talking about sacrificing children, now, I didn't sacrifice any of my children, but it is a crazy story where I was swimming one day in somebody's pool. They invited me over. This is years ago. Josiah was four. Timothy was two. And while we were swimming, Cynthia and the other lady, uh, the other one, the wife there went out to go grab some food uh, while the dads, we were responsible. My friend had one child, I had two. And if you've got two children and you're brand new to having two children, is it tough managing two children? Yes. Amen. And when you're in a pool, is it tough to manage two children? Absolutely. But if you're like me, you're not thinking through the details. You're like, I got this. Don't worry about it. I'm, I'm totally in control. So Josiah says, Dad, I want to go play basketball. I'm going to leave you on the side of the pool don't go anywhere. Obey my command. Don't move. And so I turn around and say, let's go play basketball. I love basketball, so I'm focused on that. And then I hear a splash of water behind me. I turn around and Timothy is in the water. And I am freaked out. Thankfully, the other father was there. He's like, hey, I got him, man. I got him. I'm like, thank you. You saved not only my son's life, but my life. (laughs) And just for the wondering mothers, I did tell Cynthia right away, okay? I know the moms are like, did he tell her? Like, is this the first time? She knows about this story. But I share about this because I was terrified. I was absolutely terrified. And this is stories to share about just how precious our children are to us. And Jesus was precious to God the Father. Yet God the Father did something unreal. Because when we talk about sacrifice, when we talk about Him dying on the cross, we're so used to seeing this. But do you remember what He went through for this? He was spit upon, He was beaten, He was whipped. He had to wear a crown of thorns. This is God's son. This is what God chose to do to his son. But do you know why he did it? For you and for me. So that we would never have to taste separation from God. A place called hell. Where we are eternally separated from God. But his son dying on the cross for you. And for me, that agape love was so that we never had to taste it. Agape love is God's immeasurable, incomparable love for humankind. Perfect, unconditional, sacrificial, and pure. And the reason why I wanted to share about this, why this was in my heart, is because as our college teens go out into the world... Everyone and their mother is going to tell them who God is. And if they don't know and if they don't hear it from us, they're going to believe what other people are saying. And so I share this message not only for our college teens, but for all of our children here. 
people are going to tell you God is not real. God is an angry God. God hates people. But do you know what the Bible says? Because it says in first place you can find the truth about who God is. This is what it says in 1 John 4, 8. God is what? Agape love. He loves you. He loves you. I'd like you to turn to your family member or a person you don't even know. Say, God loves you. Now turn to the other person on the other side and say that. God loves you. And this is the crazy part about God's love is that you and I don't have to earn it. You and I don't have to be good enough to get it. I used to think if I behave well, God is going to love me. If I go to church every Sunday, God is going to love me. If I spend time in prayer, which is not a bad thing to spend time in prayer, but if I spend more time in prayer, God is going to exponentially love me more. But this is what we learn about God's love in 1 John 4, 9. In this is love, agape love. Not that we have loved God or earned it, paid our way to it, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. What that means is this, is that God, someone had to pay the penalty for sin. Somebody. Back in the Old Testament, do you know who that somebody was? One to be sacrificed for sin for now and forever. And God the Father chose God the Son in agape love for you and for me so that you and I could be forgiven of sin and experience this agape love. Now, children, you may be like me, where when you get in trouble and nobody's around, do you tell people right away? You may do something like this, like you did it. Well, I didn't really do anything wrong. No one saw me do anything wrong. So are you going to openly confess, Mom, Dad, I did like 10 wrong things? The kids are laughing like, oh, I would never do that. And those are probably my children. The reason why is because we're scared. We're fearful. Number one, we're fearful of discipline. I won't go into that. That happens. But number two is the fear of rejection. What if they don't love me anymore? If I've done these bad things? What if my parents won't love me the same because I've done these bad things? And so in our rational thinking, and what we think we do, we just hide it. Don't tell anybody about it. If you don't tell anyone about it, but this is the beautiful thing is that God knows you and me inside and out. When you do this in real life, He's always there, and He always sees. But this is the crazy part about His love. Tim Keller says this, To be loved but not known is comforting but superficial. To be known and not loved is our greatest fear, but to be fully known and truly loved is, well, a lot like being loved by God. It is what we need more than anything. It liberates us from pretense, humbles us out of our self-righteousness, and fortifies us for any difficulty life can throw at us. Brothers, sisters, children, God knows you. 
He knows every wrong thing you've ever done. And even in that, He went to the cross to forgive you. And you don't need to be ashamed of sin. He's forgiven. And that now in this forgiveness, and parents, this is where I want to encourage you. Living in the light, we can be honest about our failures. We could be honest when we have sinned, when we have done wrong. I have had many stories where I have yelled at my children, right? Amen? You don't have to lie wrong. Saying it honestly, and I have recognized I was wrong. And I confessed my sin to my children. I am so sorry for yelling at you like that. Daddy needs a Savior. I need forgiveness. Please forgive me. And brothers and sisters, this is agape love, the love of God for you and for me that we can be set free. And the amazing thing is this, is that this famous verse is what agape love is all about. This is not correct. In John 3.16, For God so agape loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. And that this is the agape love for you and for me. How many people know that story? Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you've heard that story before. Extremely familiar. Almost everybody knows that story. And it's easy to say, I agree, I agree, yes, I agree, that is true. But today, I ask you, what will be your response? How will you respond to a God that loves you like that? Sacrifice, but God sacrificed for you and for me. So that we would not have to taste hell eternal separation from God, but to be able to experience forgiveness of sin and eternity with Him because brothers, sisters, loved ones, this is why we're here, amen, to celebrate that truth that you and I are agape loved. And I want to encourage you to respond to Him today. I want to encourage you with your children, lead them in that way, encourage them and let them know this is true life. This is true love. We have storge love with our children, but let me tell you about agape love with God. And that is the love I want to share about. Children, if I can have all the eyes of the children on me, I can see you. God loves you. God loves you. God deeply, deeply loves you. The world is going to tell you God doesn't love you. He doesn't care about you. But I'm here to tell you, God loves you. He deeply, deeply loves you. He sent His Son on the cross for you and for me. And for every other person in the sanctuary, if you've never entrusted your life to Jesus, today is a day of salvation. I'm going to invite the keyboardist to come on up, and we're going to take a moment to pray. And I want to give us an opportunity to respond to this agape love because it's not meant to just be heard and mentally agreed with. But if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's all fold our hands, close our eyes, and take a moment to pray this morning.
And parents, if you're here with your children, I'd like you just to pray over them right now that their lives would be given to the Savior, that they would not run after the things of this world, but that they would pursue Christ and His plan, His perfect plan for them. If you're here in this room and you're on your own and you don't know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I invite you this morning. He loves you. He loves you. All you have to do, admit that you are a sinner. Believe that Jesus is the Son of God and He died on the cross for you and for me and to confess Him as your personal Lord and Savior. Give us just a few quiet moments, just a few moments to pray, and then I'll close us in a word of prayer. Jesus. Jesus, I just pray over our congregation this morning for every man, woman, and child. And Lord, that any heart that would be hardened to you this morning, that you would soften them and remind them that you love them, that you are pursuing them, that you cherish them and care for them. And Lord, that you want them to be yours. And that can only happen through the blood of Jesus Christ who paid the penalty of our sin on the cross for us. And so, Lord, I just pray over every life in this room that they would know agape love in you and that you would have your way. We trust the ICC family into your hands. We love you, Lord, and thank you for demonstrating agape love to us. In your name we pray. Amen.